Welcome to the opportunity for a personal spiritual growth experience with the Sue Curran Podcast, a podcast all about leading you into understanding the ways and heart of God. Pastor Sue shares from her decades of experience as a founding pastor, author, teacher, and world missionary. The goal is that you receive practical spiritual insights that you can apply to your life at home, church, and place of business. And now, your host, Dr. Sue Curran. So a good day to you today, and I want to introduce my very special guest to you today. Her name is Diane Mullins, and she and her husband pastor Calvary Church in Hamilton, Ohio. Welcome, Diane. It's so good to have you with us today. Thank you, Pastor. It's good to be here with you. I think it's such a marvelous thing how we can go inside the lives of people like yourselves and your husband because the Lord has allowed you to do so many exciting things because maybe other people could be doing more exciting things if they'd take the time to listen to God. But I think that when we're tuned into him, he's got a big plan, and I just really don't want to spend my days doing things that are just good ideas. I want to make sure that I'm hearing from God, don't you? Yes. Oh, me too. And so I'm glad that we can talk about the things that we have shared together. You know, Diane heard from God and uh, began a group, a meeting uh, for women called Deborah's Voice. And I had someone say to me, uh, is Deborah someone in particular? (laughs) (laughs) So I want to say to our audience today that, yes, Deborah was a very important figure. Very much so. In the Old Testament Mm -hmm. and a very wise person. And people came to her and she did have a voice for the nation of Israel. Yes. During that day. Would you mind to just tell us just a little bit, Diane, of how God spoke to you about how to begin Deborah's voice, which I might interject here that, um, some of us, and I was one of the speakers uh, not too long ago, uh, went to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and uh, spoke uh, from the steps there at the Lincoln Memorial and had such a blessed day. I felt there was such a presence of God. Mm-hmm. And um, But then God spoke to you about this, and women started coming together. And it's increasing every day. Tell us how it began now. Really, it started with me back in 2016. Three nights in a row, I heard three different words from the Lord and woke up to it. The first night, it was awake, arise, advance. Mm -hmm. The second night was honeybee. Hmm. I'm like, what is this? (laughs) And the third night was Deborah. Uh So, you know, because my husband and I pastor and I do a lot of series teaching I thought, well, this is probably something I'm supposed to study, you know, get and and check out and see where all this is. And and I made a study out of that. What I learned was that Deborah's name meant honeybee. There's a sting to it. Wow. Uh, And she was the fourth judge of Israel, the first female judge, but the fourth judge over Israel that got appointed. And she... uh, Judge with righteousness, had a righteous voice, and they that men wouldn't even go to war without her going because she's so heard from God, you know. And so I was doing all this study, not equating with Deborah's voice. That wasn't even in my spirit yet. And I was doing about the anointing of Deborah and, and probably a year study on her. 
Well, the next year, it was really after President Trump was inaugurated a day after. Mm-hmm. I was, and I had been doing the study. So we really started in 2015, the end of that year. And on Wake Horizon Advance, be Deborah, basically is what God was speaking to me. Wow. Um, so we, I was sitting one day, one Saturday, and there was a march going on in Washington. Women gather in Washington. And they call themselves, they call themselves nasty women. Wow. You know, and I just had it on to see what it was. Now, you know, if the world is just the world, there's no telling what's going to happen and what you're going to hear. Right. They were saying horrible things, very disrespectful, rebellious, just horrible. Uh, pro, pro-choice, pro-abortion, everything, mm-hmm. you know. And so one of them said, I'm speaking for the women of America. Now, my spirit started leaping, and I, I'm caught on fire, really. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I thought, you, I even talked to the TV, you're not speaking for me. I do not give you that permission to speak for me. I have a voice. Mm-hmm. I sat down on the couch, just kind of, I turned it off, and I'm just sitting there quiet, because I was so, you know, just, I, when I was burning up inside, I would just feel such agitation. Mm-hmm. And the Lord asked me, the Holy Spirit, when I got quiet, said to me, asked me, then where is your voice? Just like that. And I'm like, wait a minute. What are you saying? You know, what do you mean? Went on that whole day, just kind of pondered that. Make a long story short, that evening, I got on Facebook, just kind of looking. You know how pastors do on Saturday evening, me and my husband mm-hmm. sitting waiting for the service that morning. We've prepared, or he's prepared, and we're sitting just kind of sharing, not doing a lot. And I go on Facebook, and I just put on there, who would go with me to Washington, D.C., to stand with a righteous voice as women of God. Mm -hmm. And as it, when I said that, I couldn't believe the response I started getting. It was one after the other. Please, let's go. Take us. Let's go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I mean, it was, it was so much, I went, whoa. And my husband said, what'd you do? <laughs> I said, I don't know. And that's how this got started. So I thought, you know what? This is not about a big voice in our nation that I've already known. This is about women, housewives, business women, pastors, pastors' wives, women who we have a voice and we need to be able to declare that voice together. Right. We need to do it together. Yeah. So I started to meet with pastor's wives first because I feel like if you get the pastor's wife, you get the pastor and then you'll get to church, you know. Mm-hmm. So I started meeting with them in our town and some got on board, some didn't since then, some have gotten on board. But anyway, went through, I just traveled everywhere doing this. I didn't know how it was really going to even turn out, yeah. you know, just saying we need a voice. But you were there that day. Uh, I traveled uh I tra- it was September 29, 2018 is when yes, we were there. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. We were on the Lincoln Memorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, started at, t- at 9 o'clock that morning, went to 4 o'clock. Yeah. And they and it was just all women. Even my speakers. You were probably, you, I'm sure you were the best recognized lady minister and pastor there that day. Mm-hmm. I had 10 speakers, worship teams from different churches across the nation. Russian church was there. They they were supposed to sing in Russian and they didn't, but it was just a lot of different people there. And it was women with a voice of righteousness. And uh, I'll never forget that day. There was just such a wonderful presence of the Lord. I have not, you know, I have spoken in large congregations, you mm-hmm. know, maybe in India, I've spoken to 
7,000 or something. Mm -hmm. But I had not spoken to an audience that would be representative of a national group of right. women. And that was, that was very thrilling to me. I, I was so aware uh, that God was with us and that we were making an impact. Now, something came to me as you were sharing with us what the Lord specifically said to you, and it reminded me of the words, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, who said, whatever people are preaching, just get up and preach it up a lot better. Mm. And I really felt this is what we did. Mm. Uh, they were preaching, we have a voice, we have something to say. Well, hallelujah, we do too. Mm -hmm. And so we just got up and where they just thought that they were giving guidance and information, we, gave, we got up and one by one gave the good news and gave the hope and yes. shared what Jesus can do for yeah. you. And I'm just so, uh, I'm so thankful for that. And then, of course, that Deborah's voice continues on. We'll be doing some things in the future mm -hmm. because this is such a, an active day. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, politically. Yes. I, I believe, I mean, I have people call me all the time or text, you know, the day social media. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. We have to do it now more than ever. Uh -huh. You know, when we were there, it was during all that, that writing, I say verbal writing against Judge Kavanaugh. Yes, that's Trying right. to be put in as a Supreme Court justice. And yes. remember, we prayed that day and, yes. and spoke against the evil that was coming at him. Right. I believe that we had a part in that. Oh, yes. And his, you know, being a, being a Supreme Court justice, he's, a, he's an awesome man. Uh, I just wanted to share this, too. Uh, literally, you know, Park Service has said that day, because they know how to count the numbers, probably to specifically come for Deborah's voice, was 3,500 to 4,000. Mm -hmm. But through that day, they counted people who came for more than a half hour, maybe walked up and then stayed. It ended up, they said, being around 10,500. Wow. Now, it's just a grassroots thing. Yes. You know, even right now, we have a Deborah's Voice Facebook page, and we have a website. Mm -hmm. And we're not really doing a whole lot because we've been in this situation we're in. We just post every day on the page. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in one month, we can have 500,000 hits to over a million hits. Women. Yeah. Now, now, how would a person get on that? What is it, uh, just go into, Deborah's, or go into Facebook and uh -huh. key in Deborah's voice or type it in. Mm -hmm. And it'll come up and join it. Like it. And you'll then you become part of the, uh, you know, the social media family yeah. and every day you'll get, you'll get uh, articles or just post. See, that's tremendous. Like that. Even that, uh, there's so much, oh, I know it's, there's so much prattle yeah. on, on Facebook and things that are detrimental. Yeah. So, so there again, you're, you're preaching it up the way it should be said by giving Christian women the things they're looking for. Yeah. Now, when we were there, Diane, Toward the end, I shared with the ladies at your request something that mm. you and I have walked out together. And I want my audience to know today that we're going to take a little bit of time here. And we're going to talk about how Diane received her healing, beginning with a book uh, that I have written called Spiritual Breakthrough. Now, because we both have a heart to see women reach out mm -hmm. and take that healing that Jesus died for. 
I want to make sure um, that you hear her testimony. You know, I hear about, well, there's a lot of miracles in other countries. Now, I know I've been there. I've seen that. But I want to see a lot of miracles in our yeah. country. I want to. Yeah. See, I definitely want to see women receive what Jesus had to give them because he was the great liberator mm-hmm. of women. Mm-hmm. Now, so I would like for you to share with the people because the name of my book is Spiritual Breakthrough, and you can order it right off of uh, my website. Uh, just click on books. It is a very succinct treatment of how we have missed what all of Jesus, the death. Exactly. Of what, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we've let him rescue us, but we didn't know that he wanted to restore us. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not enough to receive some sort of a healing. We've got to be made whole. Oh. Because here's the thing, in your case... There's a thief that wanted to interfere with your ministry. He wanted to hijack your destiny. And I propose that there is something in the background of many, many people that Jesus has called to various ministries. There'll be one thing that operates in their psyche, something that is hindering them, And Jesus wants to help you get rid of that, which is exactly what he did for you. Mm -hmm. Now, if you'll you'll tell us, Diane, exactly how this happened for you so these people can see those that really feel a need of it so that they can order this book and receive healing the same way you did. Okay. I'd be glad to do that. I need to set up a little bit of history Mm -hmm. so they understand just what God has done. Um, In 1977, my dad was pastor of a at that time, one of the largest churches in the nation, you know. Wow. Yeah. And it was me, my my brother, my other brother, and my mom. My dad was 41, 40, and my brother 19, and the brother 15. And we were, um, they had called my dad to come back to his little town, London, Kentucky, to pat, to preach a three-night revival because, you know, he was le- he had left the area and he was pastor in a large church. And they called, would you come back and preach to your old friend, you know, for a few nights? And he did. And, of course, me and my brother were in a university then, so we didn't go the first night. We got there the second night. My dad had, uh, he was in partnership with two other men, and they had bought a four-passenger Bonanza private airplane mm-hmm. so my dad was a private pilot so my brother and I and the 19 year old left on Thursday and went so we were there at church Thursday night and and Friday my we my mom went back Saturday Saturday morning and um, I was going to come back with dad and the boys that night in the airplane after that service it was just a 45 minute flight and um, I was 21 years old and so what happened is about four o'clock that day, a friend of mine called me and said, would you come? Would you ride with me back home? I'm down here. It's still on the plane. I'd like to have somebody ride home with me. So my dad reluctantly said yes, because he liked us kids with him because we all sang and helped him in the services. Anyway, make a long story short, I got home. Mom was home. And about 1035, we got a call that their plane was missing. Oh, no. Yeah. And they were missing from Saturday night around 1035. Until Monday at noon. We had no idea where they were. And it was just me and my mom. Of course, our church. And there was the last Sunday day I was there, the Easter. It was like almost 1,500 people there. 
And so our house started beginning to be filled up with people here and what was going on. Anyway, they were all three killed. There was no survivors. And it was in an instant. Your my, father and your two, two brothers. brothers. Uh-huh. My dad was in high. A lot of the people used to have come to your conferences, Judson, Cornwall, mm-hmm. people like that. He knew them. Oh, okay. So, he, yeah, he was in high demand conference speaker mm-hmm. plus pastoring. Yes. So that's why he got the plane, you know, to get there and get back. And he was only 40. And my one brother was 19, and he had just signed a major recording contract plus a writing contract with Ward Music, which was at that time the biggest production company in mm-hmm. Nashville. And he was our music director at 17. We had 120 voice youth choir. Wow. And then my little brother, Ricky, was 15. And uh, he wanted to be a pediatrician plus ministry. But they were all three killed. And I was supposed to be on that plane, as far as what my plan had been, and changed it at 4 o'clock that afternoon. That was a journey. And then my mom passed in 2007. I took care of her in my home the last six to eight months of her life. That was very hard. That death was almost as hard as the other one because the other one was such a shock. It didn't even feel real. Mom and I had become such, you know, the role reversed. I most like became the mom because I wanted to take care of her. Right. Because she lost a husband and two sons. Mm-hmm. So my whole life was a journey. Just keep going. You know, that thing. Yes. Just keep going. Just keep moving. Just keep going. Keep going. We in the church world are so good to do that. Yes. Cover it up. Keep going. True. And we're dying inside. Yeah. One time the Lord said to me as I went through one of these awful, awful dealings, loss and and there was such confusion and disappointment and all in it. I was praying one day and I said, because I noticed that my ministry was still flourishing, was doing well, uh, but I was so miserable inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was praying and I said, you know, Lord, Sue Curran's ministry is doing great. Is there any help for Sue Curran? Wow. Mm. And so, you know, the gifts and callings are without repentance. It's the anointing of God, thank yeah. God. Yeah. I want our listeners to have a picture of this. This is absolute deep misery mm-hmm. that you were thrust into oh, here. And how many years was it after your uh, father and brothers died that your mother died? Well, um, let me see. They were in 77. And mom passed in 2007. Uh-huh. So, well, however many that is, I, I'm not good at that <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, but, it, I mean, you know, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you. My life has been more learning how to get through something mm-hmm. than, than not. Right. You know. Um, You've been was, surviving, but, you know, it's not enough to survive. See, and that line in that book, yeah. I... Let me let me get to that because that is so important in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what my life has been. I'm married, and you know, my oldest son right now he's 34, and he's just it's just 15 years it's been broken heart stuff the way he live. He's just not living for the Lord at all. Yes. And then just like Paul said, the regular day to day pressure of the church, exactly. you know, and just, there's been different things happen, but. Um, in, I think it was two, I don't know, it's probably been five years ago, if that. I was in a mall about an hour from our church or my home with a friend. 
And I started feeling really weird. Like, um, I couldn't walk. I was breaking out of cold sweat. My legs felt like they were 200 pounds of pee. I mean, it was horrible. Wow. And I went over and sat down in the middle of the mall. And I said, oh, Carl, I don't know what something's bad wrong. And she said, you look, you're, you're as white as, I've never seen anybody this white. And I said, I'm going to have to go to the hospital or go home. So I sat down. She went and got some ice and put it on the back of my neck. Sat there five minutes. It started kind of subsiding. So I walked. I said, let's go home. And she said, the shortest way is through this store. We began to walk through a store. And it was the shoe department, which I love shoes. But anyway, I started to feel really weird again. I thought, oh, I can't do it. I can't go. I can't walk. And I sat down in the shoe department. And a lady that works there comes over and says, are you okay? And I said, I'm not. Next thing I know, only thing I remember is I'm on the floor and somebody's screaming my name. I had passed out. Wow. And, but I remember before I passed out, I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you. I've been through enough to trust you. Yeah. You probably felt like you were dying. Right? I did think I was. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Once I woke up, I couldn't speak. All I could do to respond to them. I heard everything going on. Uh, I felt strong in my mind. Mm-hmm. I could hear it. I wanted to talk to him, but I couldn't. Man. Physically, I couldn't. And a lady said she was screaming my name. She was an EMT. Finally, I came to and I said, what? Because she said my name. And all I could do is whisper. And she said, wake up. You have to wake up. And then the guy said, Mrs. Mullins, I knew who I was because of my friend. We have to ask you this. You know, now I, I, at this point, I was probably 56. We have to ask you this because it's legal. We have to. Is there any way you could be pregnant? And that stunned me away. And I'm like, I would have to be Sarah. <laughs> and my friend that was with me is like, they were all going, Sarah, who's Sarah? They thought they was going to get some background physically or help. And so Carla just said, it's a person in the Bible who had a baby at 90. Oh. <laughs> so then, the, then did you have other... They took me to the like hospital. This. No, I never had anything oh. like this. Uh-huh. They took, I got ambulance, hospital, the whole right. thing. They said, uh, by that time, my husband got to me. Mm-hmm. They came in. I was in the ER for like two hours, and they admitted me. And the doctor came in and said, we have to admit you. We don't know what's going on, but you're losing blood. Oh. Um, my hemoglobin should have been like 14.8 to 16 for the age woman I was, and it was at like a 6 or a 7. And he said, one more number down, you have to have a transfusion. I'm, what is going on? I mean, I was shopping. Yeah. You know. And, you know, since my family died, then my mom died, my mother-in-law passed, my father-in-law's passed. You know, it's just, and a lot of other things going on. You get to a place where you've buried it for so long. Yes. That it's going to come out somewhere because your body can't bury it forever. Well, that's true. You know. So that happened. I was in there for a week. Mm-hmm. And they come to me the last day. They've done every test they could do. Nothing. So they never found the cause. Nothing. And in, I, that was June. And I went to a specialist to August doing everything they could, even out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me in August and he said, Mrs. Mullins, I don't know. I'm a specialist. I They thought it was cancer yeah. somewhere. That's what they were thinking. And he said, I'm going to release you out of my care. If you have any kind of symptom, come back. I went home that day. Never, ha- I have never. That's been five years, six years. I have never had another problem. Okay, now how long was it? 
you had the, that terrible attack. How long was it from then until you got hold of my book? Well, you called me. Oh, I did? Yes, you called me. It was like a month. Mm-hmm. Wow. On Saturday, I was sitting at my desk mm-hmm. in church. I was prepared. I was going to speak. A month later, I am speak. And you said, Diane, it's Pastor Sue. And I said, I can tell because I knew your voice. And somebody had emailed you what had happened, that I had been sick. Uh-huh. Okay? And you said, I don't know what all has happened, but I'm calling you. Tell me what, tell me about it. So I told you a little bit about it. And then you said, do you know what's going on with me mm-hmm. for the past year? And I said, no, I'm sorry. I don't. She began to share things with me. Yeah. And you said, no, I don't want to tell you. I'm not saying that this is the case with you. What I, the reason I've gone through what I've been through. Yeah. But you said, I'm going to send you my book. The Lord's given me a book, a study while I've been going through this on spiritual, you know, becoming not just being healed, but being made whole yeah. spiritual breakthrough. Like, oh, okay. And you told me, you said, God spoke to you and said, my people, and then I read it in the book, are only surviving. Yeah. They're not thriving. Mm-hmm. That, I'm, oh, mm-hmm. wow, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And you said, and here's what happened to me. So you went through how you got home and, from, you know, you've been with Heidi Baker for three weeks and yes. you got home and you went to bed, got up and couldn't move. And then yeah. once you started going through and hear, learning about holes in our souls. Yes. You begin to tell me about that and what your holes were. And you're two years old, become an orphan practically. Yes. Because your mom had TB. And right. at that point in time, they put them somewhere in an institution. Yes. And your dad yeah. with that situation, he couldn't raise you and your sister. I'm really listening to this. And so... She said, you go, I'm not saying that it's come so far in life that your body's saying, I can't help you anymore. But I'm saying, just read the book and pray and ask God, he'll show you. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. And I said, okay. And I already started crying. And you just told me you loved me and to to keep in touch. Well, the book got there probably three days later. Yeah. You must have did it the minute we got off the phone. I had somebody. And I got that book. Excuse my tears, but I'm free. Yeah, I'm healed and I'm whole. Yeah. I read it, but the day that I we got off the phone, I got on my face before the Lord because you told me to. Yeah. And I said, Lord, please tell me if I have holes in my soul and if this is part of my problem. Because how can I teach people about you if I'm a whole? Mm-hmm. What have I done all my life? You know? Yes. And he was very loving. And I heard him say to me, I can only be honest with you. Is that what you want? Mm. Please, yes. He said, yes, you have holes in your soul. Mm. And one of them was a fear of loss. Yeah. And see, I had two sons. Mm -hmm. And the Lord began to show me how I had lost two brothers. And I'd almost lived that in my sons. Mm -hmm. And I've even since asked them to forgive me and stuff. And they admitted that they dealt with a lot because they felt like they had to take my brother's place all the time. Wow. Do you see how something like that can, it's layers. Yes, absolutely. It's layers. And and then it takes a little bit of time and study, like as you were reading the book, methodically. That's it. It helped you to get out of that. That's how I could have done that. If I hadn't had your book, I wouldn't still be on that road. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, it's total wholeness. I mean, there's still things you deal with in life. I'm not saying that, Mm -hmm. but I'm not dealing with it from a place of a victim. Right. You know, like this happened to me and I'm so, and now I look at it more as ministry and talking about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I never could understand what people through the years when they lose a loved one, like out of our church and I'd go to the funeral home and just pat them and sit down by them. Not say anything because I knew from experience, I didn't need a lot of words at a time like that. Right. They'd look at me and say, when I saw you walk in, I knew I'd make it. And I didn't understand it until mm. I became whole. Yeah. You know. So anyway, Pastor, I just, that when the book came, I devoured it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really did. I'm not saying that as a flattery. I just really, really did. I even, I even began to study it all out. Everything you said, I studied out. I looked up I, and I began, I made it a series to teach. Mm-hmm. Wow. This has been a fantastic conversation so far. Thank you so much for listening to the first part of my conversation with my special guests. Tune in to episode two to hear the rest of our conversation. You've been listening to the Sue Curran Podcast. Join us next time as Dr. Curran shares more insights through interviews and teachings geared to help you grow in your relationship with the true and living God and function in a more productive and powerful way.